Welcome back to Big Lezzers League. Welcome to State of Origin Game 1 2023 preview and predictions. We're going to go through all things Origin and then we're going to go through my anytime takes for this Origin series. It's going to be an absolute cracker of a podcast. Uh, let's get straight into it. So obviously, I guess the big thing that we've got to talk about before we get into the lineups is Latrell Mitchell being out for Game 1. Got a nice five-minute podcast going into all the details about that one, what I think they're going to do from a tactical perspective and whatnot. I'll go through that on this podcast, but if you want a bit more of a uh, just solely talking about Latrell Mitchell uh, being out of this game podcast, make sure you go and listen to that one. It came out today as well. But let's talk about it. Latrell Mitchell out for game one. Uh, the news is that Stephen Crichton will be coming into the centres. Uh, now, if you're looking at this from a Freddie perspective, if you're looking at this from a New South Wales Blues tactics, Penrith sort of tactics perspective, you're probably going to put Stephen Crichton on the right side. You move Brian Toto to the right side, and then you move Turbo and Addo Carr to the left-hand side of the field as well. Uh, so you have that right edge for the Penrith Panthers. It's going to be familiar for Nathan. Think Cleary when he's making uh, plays down the right-hand side as well. Uh, it just adds that club familiarity with the spine. You've got Yo, you've got Abby Corosau, who have a, has a little bit of familiarity uh, with this spine, obviously being there last year. Uh, you know, it, as I said, it just makes it familiar and it makes the job easier a bit for Nathan Cleary, for Jerome Luai, uh, for Abby Corosau through the middle, and then also for Isaiah Yo as well when they're making plays down that right-hand side. Uh, I think that that is the go there to move Crichton and Toto to the right, uh, and then you move Latrell, oh, sorry, Turbo um, and Adokar to the left-hand side. And I think that's what's going to happen when you look at the lineups this time today or, you know, you know, in the next few hours when the lineups do eventually get switched around. It's probably going to be what you're going to see. Um, you know, should you should they have picked Matt Burton? Matt Burton is the 18th man now. Uh, if you haven't heard it already, he is the 18th man going into this game since Crichton is coming in to the starting 17. Um, yeah. I would have probably picked Matt Burton. I get where Freddie's coming from, from a tactical Penrith sort of spine perspective, but Burton's come in and he's proven himself in origin as well. Whereas obviously in the last game, uh, Stephen Crichton came in and he didn't go too well. Now I'm not going to judge a guy off one game, obviously, but you know, if you're looking at guys that are proven in this arena, I think that Matt Burton is one of those guys and we sort of talked about with Hines being in that 14 sort of role, that 14 sort of capacity, you know, we're not going to get Burton off the bench with those massive bombs. We're not going to get Burton in that 14 sort of role with a big body as well in that 14 sort of role uh, for Matt Burton. Uh, But you could potentially get that here if you put him into that left centre sort of role. You'd have him next to Brian Toto. That would be a very, very dangerous left-hand side. Uh, But they're obviously going with the Penrith combination and I can I can see why they would do that as well. The Penrith Panthers, uh, sorry, the New South Wales Blues. Um, so yeah, very very simple. Why they've gone for that sort of tactic there, I respect it. I understand it. Would I have gone for Stephen Crichton? Probably not, but I can definitely understand why they have gone for him in this game uh, with Latrell Mitchell. And apparently, he's been the best trainer in the New South Wales Blues camp, according to Latrell Mitchell. So uh, let's hope that that resonates uh, in the game on Wednesday. 
Now let's have a look at these lineups. We've obviously obviously touched on the lineups before, but we'll touch on the lineups again in this preview. For the Maroons, we have Reese Walsh at fullback, uh, Selwyn Cobbo and Murray Lagi on the wings, Val Holmes and Hamaso Tabby Fido in the centers, Cameron Munster and Daly Cherry Evans in the halves, Tom Flegler and Lindsay Collins in the front row, Ben Hunt is at nine, Dave Fafida and Tom Gilbert in the back row, Paddy Carrigan is at 13. You got Harry Grant, Tino Foster, Amala Aoi, Ruben Cotter, and Jai Arrow on the bench there for the Maroons. For the New South Wales Blues, now obviously I'm reading this out on Monday night to come out on Tuesday morning. So any changes that happen between Tuesday morning and Wednesday night, I will post on the Instagram page. The lineup is currently uh, James Tedesco at fullback, Brian Toto and Josh Carr on the wings, Latrell Mitchell and Tom Trevojevic in the centres. Latrell Mitchell is out, Stephen Crichton is in. So it will be Brian Toto and Stephen Crichton potentially on the on the right side of the field with Turbo and Addo Carr on the left. We've got Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary in the halves. Tavita Pangai Jr. and Payne Haas in the front row. Abby Corusau is at nine. Tyson Frizzell, Hudson Young in the back row. Isaiah Yo at 13. Junior Baldo, Cameron Murray, Liam Martin, Nico Hines on the bench there for the New South Wales Blues. Let's get straight into some of the key points for both teams. Obviously, a big one is the matching of the mongrel. Now, obviously, uh, when the lineups did just come out, they named Tom Flegler and Lindsay Collins a bit controversial, but they named them both as starting front rowers in this side. I think Christian Welsh as 18th or 19th man, sorry, has been done a little bit dirty here. I would almost call him an incumbent. He's a leader in this team uh, and he's done well in the arena before. Big call to go for Tommy Flegler. Tommy Flegler has been going well for the Brisbane Broncos. I definitely did not expect him to be the starting front rower in this team. He definitely deserves to be in the squad. I did not expect him to be a starting front rower. He's got a lot of mongrel about him um, and I love him in origin I reckon that will be really really awesome to watch uh, Lindsay Collins as well I'm a bit of mongrel about him as well uh, so you've got two very mongrel forwards and uh, obviously, Freddie saw that uh, and wanted to change his side immediately. So, obviously, we have Tavita Pangai Jr. and Payne Haas in the front row. You're matching that mongrel there. I really do like it. I think Tavita Pangai Jr. and Payne Haas will set the tone. And then you've got Junior Baldo coming off the bench. So, that is going to be very, very strong uh, for the New South Wales Blues, particularly when you're going up a up against a forward pack of Tom Flegler, Lindsay Collins, Dave Fafita, Tom Gilbert, Paddy Carrigan, Tino, uh, Ruben Cotter, and Gyro. I mean, that's a pretty hectic forward pack. Uh, Cameron Murray through the middle is going to be massive. I think that's going to be a massive thing um, for the Blues, depending on if that works or not. Junior Polo coming off the bench. Liam Martin's going to be absolutely mongrel. Uh, and then I love Nico Hines as well. It just depends on his role, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But yes, love the mongrel here. Tavita Pangai Jr., I reckon he's going to do a great job. I think that he's been deserving a shot in the squad for a while. Uh, to get the starting spot straight away is massive for Tavita Pangai Jr. Uh, and there's a bit of pressure on him that comes with that as well, I believe. So uh, hopefully he has a really red-hot crack, and I imagine he will. Uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting game for him. And I think that uh, if he puts in 100%, you know, I think that I'm probably only going to play him for about 20 to 25 minutes, maybe 30 at most. Uh, if he puts 100% in for those 30 minutes, he is going to be one of the more dangerous forwards on the park. He can be one of the more dangerous forwards in the game on his day. Uh, let's see how he goes in the Origin Arena in the starting front row with Payne Haas. I think that's absolutely insane. Plus, you've got Huddy Young and Tyson Frizzell in the back row. Isaiah Yo at 13. It's a pretty solid forward pack there with Abby Corusau at 9. 
Yeah, so you're matching the mongrel there in the forward pack. Tommy Flegler, Lindsay Collins. We talked about the mongrel that these guys have. Um, yeah, it is going to be a very, very hectic and full force game of football in the front row. It's going to be very, very tough and very, very physical, and I can't wait to see it. Um, you know, talking about guys that are under pressure, we talked about, obviously, Tevita Pangai Jr. being under a little bit of pressure there to perform in the starting front row for the Blues. I think that Reese Walsh is under a bit of pressure as well. I think that, um, you know, coming into this side over Callum Ponga, who is an incumbent, I think he is under a lot of pressure. Same goes for the Hammer. I mean, he's going to be going up against Tom Trevojevic, respectively. Could be going up against Stephen Crichton, but most likely going up against Tom Trevojevic. You know, he hasn't played center all year. He's played fullback. You know, a lot of people will say it doesn't matter, uh, but I think it does a little bit in origin. Um you know, it could be very interesting to see how he goes in that right center role. For me, I probably would have gone with Dane Gagai. Again, you're talking about incumbency here. And I think Billy Slater's basically gone for form over incumbency, which is a little bit controversial. But, you know, Freddie makes a lot of rogue calls all the time and they seem to pop off. So let's see if Billy Slater can do the same in his second year as the coach for Queensland. Reese Walsh, fuck it, he's going to have to be a big game for him. He's definitely been the form fullback this year. Uh, you know, obviously... When you're looking at form fullbacks, it's probably him, Dylan Edwards, um, respectively, the form fullbacks this season. Uh, he's definitely been up there. You know, he's at the top of the Dalian leaderboard when it was being published. Uh, obviously, it hasn't been published for this week as it stopped being published. Um, but, yeah, he was at the top right at the end with Payne Haas. So, you know, he's putting in the work. He does tend to go missing sometimes in games. And, you know, Renault and his kicking game have had to get the Brisbane Broncos out of a lot of tough games. Um, but, you know, when he does get involved and when he does have a crack, he is very, very hard to stop, particularly his kicking game close to the line. And the good thing about Reese Walsh is he's dangerous down both sides of the park. He's very dominant down the right, but he is still dangerous down both sides of the park. I tell you what, I think him being under Billy Slater is going to be massive in terms of Queensland fullbacks, top echelon Queensland fullbacks. There's nothing like Reese Walsh being under Billy Slater that doesn't make you, you know, want to toss and turn at night thinking about how dangerous Reese Walsh could possibly be in this game going up against the Blues uh, with the guidance of Billy Slater, with the guidance of Cam Smith as well, with the guidance of JT. I mean, he's going to be an absolute handful. He was going to be a handful anyway, but under some really great Maroons players, he's going to be an absolute handful. Homie so Tabby Wife Doe, again, under a lot of pressure. Picked over the incumbent, Dane Gagai. Let's see if he can keep his spot. Same here for Reese Walsh. He's got to pretty much have one of the best games that he's had uh, in a while to keep that jersey from KP, in my opinion, because if he has one slip up, I think the jersey can very easily go back to the way of Kalen Ponga. So, uh, Reese Walsh has to have a big game. Hamaso Tabiwafo Doe has to have a big game in this one. Um, and in terms of the Hammer, I think that, you know, it, defense for him is going to be a bit of a handful going up against Tom Trevojevic, and that's probably my main concern, uh, you know, as a fan of rugby league, as a non-biased supporter, you know, from a Queensland sort of perspective, I'd be very scared about his defense at center, particularly, as I said, when he hasn't played center all year going up against Turbo. That's going to be very, very concerning. 
However, I think he's going to be an absolute handful in attack, and especially if him and Reese Walsh build a combination, um, that is going to be very, very dangerous. And he could be equally as much of a handful as any of the any other, um, you know, Queensland backline player uh, could be on the night. I think he's going to be very, very dangerous, especially next to Murray Talalagi as well. Two prolific try scorers, Valentine Holmes, Selwyn Cobbo on the other side as well. Very dangerous backline there for the Maroons, even without Dan Gagai, even without. Kane and Ponga. Uh, let's see how these guys go, particularly the Hammer, um, you know, under pressure and also, um, you know, very, you know, questionable in his defense at center. He hasn't played center all year. Uh, let's see how he goes in this Maroons team. Uh, now, a big debate in terms of the New South Wales Blues is obviously Apicorosio. Can he play the full 80? If he can't, who's going to go to hooker? Now, obviously, there's been a lot of chat that Cameron Murray potentially could start the game at hooker, play 20 minutes, and then move into the middle forwards. Uh, I don't like that. I really don't. I think that Appy will most likely start the game. I wouldn't put Cam Murray at hooker. I feel, I feel like you're wasting Cameron Murray off the bench, particularly with how effective he could be through the middle for the Blues. I'd be more inclined to probably chuck you know, Jerome Luai at hooker, maybe for the last 20 minutes of the game. You know, you play Apicorosau for as much as he can stay out there for, and then you move Jerome Luai into the number nine role. He's played there in international level as well, and Samoa did quite well, uh, obviously, a few years back. Obviously, he didn't do the best, but, you know, they managed with Jerome Luai at nine. Um, so I'd probably move him to nine and I'd probably bring on uh, Nico Hines at six. It probably gives Nico Hines a role in this team as well. Uh, as I said, we'll talk about Nico Hines and his role in this side uh, a little bit later. But in terms of, you know, who is going to play hooker if Apicorosau cannot play the full 80 minutes, I think it's probably going to be Jerome Luai. I think that I'd much rather have Jerome Luai at nine. I don't want to waste Nico Hines off the bench. I don't want to put him at nine and just, you know, really... um, I guess, limit what he can do on the park for this team. I don't want to put Cameron Murray on at nine for the same reason. Uh, There's not really anyone else in this team other than Hudson Young. Maybe that could play nine. And even then, I don't want to waste a quality player like Hudson Young as well in the number nine jersey. So it's going to be very interesting to see if Abby Corusau can play a consistent 80 minutes of football. He's only done it once or twice this season. Can he do it for a full, consistent 80 minutes of football? We'll have to wait and see, uh, but I'm very 50-50 on that. And as I said, if I'm picking who goes into the nine role, it will probably be Jerome Luai for me uh, with Nico Hines going into the six. As I said, it sort of gives him a role in this team. Uh, the next sort of point I want to go through again is with Queensland. Uh, it's a point that no one's really going to talk about and no one's really going to mention. But someone Cobbo, I mean, we talked about this uh, last year when Adokar didn't get picked. You know, they were picking guys like Daniel Tupo uh, and picking much taller guys because of the height advantage that someone Cobbo has over uh, Josh Adokar. Josh Adokar getting picked, love it. And I wish that he got picked last year as well because I think that he is one of those guys that probably could have won us the series a little bit. I'm not saying he could have individually won us the series, but, you know, he could have been a main factor in winning the series as well. I'd almost say that he's an incumbent until he retires from rep football, Josh Adokar. And I love that he's back in this team. 
But Selwyn Colo does have that height advantage over Josh Adokar. And if they are going up against each other, depending on if Adokar does get moved to the left with Tom Trevojevic, like I think he will, uh, he does have a very big height advantage. And especially in the air, Selwyn Colo would be absolutely diabolical up against Josh Adokar. I'd actually much prefer Brian Toto with the defense that I've seen from him this year to be on that right side guarding Selwyn Cobo, which again is how I think this side is going to be shaped. But if Tom Trevojevic and Adokar stay on the la- on the right-hand side, sorry, and Selwyn Cobo is going up against Josh Adokar, that could be very, very pinnacle in this game, particularly because of that height advantage, particularly with how good Selwyn Cobo is in the air. That could be very, very dangerous. And, you know, off some Daly Cherry Evans and Cameron Munster kicks, it could be lethal, absolutely lethal. So definitely something to watch out for there. But I'm pretty confident that Adokar and Tom Tavoyevich, as I said, and I've been saying this the whole time, will be moved to the left with Toto and Stephen Crichton going to the right-hand side. Now, the next point uh, is obviously Munster v. Cleary. Munster has played really well in the past few series. Obviously, uh, the Queensland Maroons winning the last one. Munster's done some pretty insane things in origin as well. Uh, The way that he plays is just absolutely insane. Daly Cherry Evans as well. He's a very, very talented player, and he has a really, really awesome uh, set off the scrum as well, where he gets the ball at first receiver and steps inside. It worked wonders last year. Um, You know, I'm backing Tyson Frizzell and Hudson Young in terms of their defense, but that could prove really deadly. He's a very dangerous player. People don't really give him credit for Daly Cherry Evans, uh, but Munster v. Cleary is the main matchup here. Who is going to be the guy that takes a hold of their team uh, and leads them to a win, uh, especially in game one? That is a massive statement. To win a game in game one is a massive statement against the opposition. If Queensland win game one and then we go to Suncorp for game two, that could be absolutely diabolical pretty much for the New South Wales Blues and their confidence. Um, So yeah, if Munster grabs this game by the scruff of the neck and the Queensland Maroons grab a win, it could be really, really pinnacle in terms of how this series could go. Nathan Cleary's got to grab this side by the scruff of the neck. He's got to take the big moments. You know, people were quite critical on him not taking the big moments in origin. This is the year where he proves himself. Players prove their immortality in origin. I think that this is the series that he does so, uh, and he's more than capable of doing so as well. Nathan Cleary, um, you know, he's an absolute freak. Uh, And yeah, as I said, the origin arena is where you prove yourself, and I think that he is going to prove himself in this game. Nathan Cleary v. Cameron Munster, the main showdown, which I am very, very keen to see. Uh, DCE, again, very talented player in game 20 as well. Uh, Cap 20, I should say, for the Queensland Maroons. It's an awesome achievement uh, for him. And, you know, I think that that is going to really, you know, motivate him to play a very strong game of football uh, and a very upbeat game of football as well. Play to his best, uh, which is going to be very dangerous for the Blues. Uh, And obviously he made a comment that he wants to take that um, Australia number seven away from Nathan Cleary uh, in this series as well. So he's going to be very, very dangerous, Daly Cherry Evans. Him and Cameron Munster are going to be very dangerous, particularly if this mongrel forward pack, this absolutely insane forward pack gets on a roll. It's going to be very, very hard to stop, very hard to stop for New South Wales. 
Uh, so, yeah, DCE, definitely one to watch. The Ford Pack, definitely one to watch. Uh, a bit of a mismatch somewhat, in my opinion. I mean, Hudson Young has great defense, but Dave Fafita, fuck, he's an absolute weapon in the form that he's been in, running over blokes, his ball playing, especially if he's on the left side with Valentine Holmes and Selwyn Cobbo. That is going to be absolutely deadly, and uh, it could be be costly as well for uh, the New South Wales Blues if this left side does get on a roll. Munster, Fafida, uh, Valentine Holmes and Selwyn Cobbo, that is an insane left side. Uh, that is going to be very hard to defend for guys like Tom Trevojevic, Josh Adokar, uh, Hudson Young uh, and Jerome Luai, uh, sorry, and Nathan Cleary, sorry. Uh, especially if Tom Trevojevic isn't 100%. I'm backing that he is 100%, uh, you know, in an optimistic sense and obviously off his last game. But, you know, it could go the other way. And if he's not 100%, it could be very, very deadly if Dave Fafita does get on a roll. And because his ball playing has improved drastically. He's also got a bit of a kicking game, which, you know, has only just sort of come to life this season. Um, But, yeah, look, a very dangerous player with a lot of tricks in the sleeve. Let's see how he goes. Dave Fafita. But, yeah, that could be a little bit of a mismatch there against Hudson Young. I want Hudson Young, though, to prove me wrong as a New South Wales supporter. Uh, yeah, Hines off the bench. We were sort of mentioning it before. Where does he come into this game? Uh, you know, where, whether it's a roaming role, do you take one of the forwards off and you have him, you know, in the forwards as a roamer? I think the perfect way to use him in this game is what we said before with Jerome Luai going to dummy half. You take Appy off and then you put Hines at six. I think that's the best way to use him in this game. Yes, it's great to have an extra half on the field, but, you know, I would be keeping it simple for the Blues uh, going into this game. I wouldn't really want to take any of these forwards off. I mean, the forward pack that we have, Tavita Pango Jr., Payne Haas, Junior Paolo, Cameron Murray, Liam Martin, I wouldn't really want to take any of these forwards off. Isaiah Yo as well, I didn't include, but he's a part of this as well, unless they absolutely have to come off, especially Isaiah Yo through the, in the 13 sort of role. I definitely wouldn't be putting Nico Hines in Isaiah Yo's place. If we're lucky, Isaiah Yo is pretty much going to play the full game, um, so I wouldn't be chucking him in that role. I think the best role, as I said, is to chuck him at six, put Jerome Luai to nine, you know, with maybe 30, no, 25, 20 minutes to go in the game is where I'd probably make that move. Uh, but, you know, it'd be great to get Nico Hines on sooner. As I said, I just don't want him to be a waste of space out there where you just put him on anywhere and, and just let him play footy. I want a bit of structure to this transition to, you know, this move. And I'd much rather have Jerome Luai taking that spot for Appy, especially if Appy can't play the full 80 minutes of football. So, yeah, it, if you're asking me where do I see Hines coming on in this game, it's probably at six with Jerome Luai going to nine. Uh, and yeah, the Queensland hooker one-two punch going up against Nico Hines coming off the bench. You know, they've obviously nailed this one-two punch of Ben Hunt and Harry Grant, you know, and they use it to a T with Harry Grant coming into a roaming role. Then they swap. Harry Grant goes to nine. Ben Hunt goes into a roaming role. And then Ben Hunt, come, ben Hunt sorry, comes off. I nearly said Ben Cunt then. Uh, ben Hunt comes off. I think they've now that sort of transitioned to a T. Um, and, you know, this is very new, Nico Hines at 14. So it's definitely going to be a test for the New South Wales Blues going into this game. There you go. They're the key points going into this one. If we go into the stats, the last two games, obviously, uh, Blues beat the Maroons 44-12. to 
in the next game, the Maroons won 22 to 12. So, uh, you know, it is 1-1. In terms of the form guide, the, uh, the Maroons have won three out of five compared to the Blues, two out of five. In terms of wins at this venue, there's only been one game, and obviously the Maroons won that one in Adelaide. Uh, so they've got a bit of an advantage in that regard. In origin, you've got to bet with the heart and not with the head. I'm betting with the heart here, and I'm going with the New South Wales Blues. I couldn't see it any, any other way. I'm going with the Blues. I'm going with the Blues head-to-head in this one. There's no way I'm picking a margin for origin. I think the Blues do win head-to-head. I think that they only just win as well. Um, you know, it's going to be a very tight game, and it's going to be very hard for the Blues with the forward pack they're going up against. The fact that they've nailed the transition of the two hookers, you know, they've got a very dangerous back row with Dave Fafita, Tom Gilbert as well. We haven't even talked about Tom Gilbert. Paddy Carrigan through the middle as well is going to be insane. We didn't even mention Paddy Carrigan through the middle uh, going up against Isaiah Yo in the 13 role. They've got a very solid team. It's going to be a very hard game, especially without Latrell Mitchell, but I can't in any circumstance whatsoever tip the Maroons. So I'm going the Blues. I'm taking my team. In terms of any time try scorers in this one, I'm going to probably go with Brian Toto for the New South Wales Blues. He does me well when I do tip on Origin. I don't usually tip on Origin, but I will for this one. If I'm picking an anytime try scorer for the Blues, it will be Brian Toto. As for the Queensland Maroons, looking at this team, look, it's going to be a tough one. Picking one for the Queensland Maroons, I'm probably going to go with Hamaso Tabiwai Fido. I'm probably going to go with the Hammer to score. I do see him scoring. I think he's going to be a handful, him and Reese Walsh. I think that Reese Walsh sets him up for a try. So the Hammer, Brian, uh, Brian Toto as my anytime try scorers, and I'm taking the Blues here. I think they just get the job done. It's going to be tough, but I think they just get the job done here. Nathan Cleary takes the game by the scruff of the neck. They nail this transition of Jerome Luai and uh, Nico Hines as well. Um, look, I'm very keen to see how that transition goes, but I am taking the Blues. Can't see it any other way. Can't tip any other way. Just a reminder as well, salty tips will include State of Origin. It will include State of Origin. That will come out on Wednesday. Uh, I will also do my anytime takes for State of Origin as well, which will also all come out on Wednesday. That'll be separate to um, the salty tips and the anytime takes for the regular round for round 14. Uh, So I'll get all that content out to you on Wednesday. Uh, But that is going to be a lovely little slice of extra content for you guys for Origin. Super looking forward to it. Looking forward to this game as well on Wednesday. I'm definitely going to be syncing a few responsibly, respectively. uh, And it's going to be an absolute Cracker up the blues, blues 13 plus. Can't wait for this one. Wait.